0: Before we get into anything tonight, we do have a couple of announcements. Um, The first one is going to be download our CNC app. If you don't have the Church on the North Coast app, if you could just download that for me, that would be great. It's a perfect way to stay up to date with everything we got going on. You can go on there, you get your announcements, you can register for our different events that we got going on. Really cool way to stay connected. You don't miss anything if you have the app. Really, really great. So everybody got it? Everybody clap your hands if you have the app. Okay, some of y'all aren't clapping. and Some of you also aren't downloading. So you got to do one or the other, all right? Thank you. I'm just kidding. All right. So we're going to get ready to give tonight, and then we're going to get into the Word. Thank you so much for grabbing that for me. I was going to, I was about to one arm it. I just didn't want to show off. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Um, So... We're gonna get ready to give our tithe and offering tonight. And, you know, yeah, amen. Let's go on a Wednesday. Woo! Hey, listen, I've said this many times and I will continue to say it. The people who come to church on Wednesdays are the most blessed, the most highly favored, the most anointed, the most faith filled. Amen. No, I'm serious. Because it's hard. It's hard to come out here in the middle of the week. You just worked all day. You've been working the last few days. The allergies have been going crazy this week. Has anybody else just been knocked out? Yeah, that, that was serious. So thank you so much for being here. For real. Seriously. Thank you for being here. Understand that it not, it's, it's not just important for you to be here, but it builds the faith of every single person in this room. It builds my faith. It is a blessing you are changing the world by being in God's presence and going out into the world and being a light. So thank you. And it's awesome that you're here. So tonight, as we prepare to give, you know, when we give our tithe and offering, it's really an opportunity. We have to start looking at it as an opportunity, an opportunity to give feet, give legs to the kingdom of heaven. To be able to go out and do the things that we read in the word. To be able to go and reach our community. You know, we talked about giving away over a half a million dollars we did last year. And we're going to try to double that this year. Being able to pour that into our community, being able to do Joshua Kids every single month and have a camp with 100 kids every single summer, it takes a lot. It's a serious bill. And it's one that you all have taken the opportunity to meet the need for year after year after year for 50 years that we just celebrated here at this church. And so this is not a burden. It's not something we get sad about. It's not like, oh, gosh, another bill to pay. This isn't Netflix. This isn't our electric bill. This is giving God what he's owed and giving him the opportunity to use our faith and do something great with it. So as you get ready to give your tithe and offering tonight, you can lift it up, and we will pray. The ways to give are on the screen. If you're not lifting up, it's all good. We're still going to pray for it. Jesus, thank you for giving us the opportunity to give. We are so blessed. We are so blessed to live in the nation we do. We are so blessed to have the opportunities that we do, God. And we don't take it lightly, and we don't take it for granted, the opportunity to sow into this ministry and sow into your kingdom, God. Please take this offering. Take this offering and multiply it. Take this offering and use it to its fullest capability and grow it into something beautiful, God. Something that will reach the masses and continue to bring people to your love. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, you can get ready to give. I'm going to get set up here real quick. Okay, so tonight is going to be in, let me get this, tonight is going to be an advertisement for Discovery Student Ministries, Um, DSM, as you see on the screen. If you didn't know, my name is Jeremiah. I am our youth and young adults pastor here at church on the North Coast. I have the pleasure of preaching every single Thursday to the young people in all of our campuses. We shuttle them to our Cleveland campus. It's at Cleveland, but we shuttle them here from Lorraine, shuttle from Avon, and get them out there as well. But every single Thursday at 7 o'clock, we all gather together. And if you have a teen, if you have a teen in your family, which I know everybody's got a teenager in their family. If it's not your child, if it's a nephew, a niece, if you're an uncle, a grandma, a grandpa, whoever it is, If you have a teenager, get them there. Tonight is, like I said, just a huge ad for DSM. So every single word I'm going to be preaching tonight was already preached last Thursday at DSM. (laughs) Sorry, but it's okay. Some of y'all weren't there and didn't take notes, even if you were there. So make sure you get them this time. No, but I say that to say they're getting the real word. They're getting the real word of God. They're getting an authentic version of this word. And honestly, I lightened up in a lot of areas for tonight because they like the real deal. They don't care about making them feel good. They don't care if it's, oh, it sounds really pretty if you say it in this evangelical way. No, 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 they want it real. And they wanna know what you're talking about and they wanna know what God's saying. And so I just am saying all that to say, this is DSM. Welcome to DSM. Make sure you get your team there. If you need more information, we'll get it to you tomorrow or tonight for tomorrow. Cool. So the title of my message tonight is Aware. Aware. Tonight we are going to be talking about being aware of the kingdom of heaven and what the Holy Spirit is saying, what it means in our life, and what he's calling us to do. All of us live with a little bit of awareness that God is in our life, right? If you're a Christian— If you read the word, if you're here on a Wednesday night, chances are you're aware, you know, you know something, you know God is there, you know God's moving in your life. God's probably talked to you a time or two, if not every single day, but we want to increase that, right? Every single day we want to increase it, and this word, please understand is for me as well, because I walk around every single day reading my Bible, and thinking of sermons, and taking notes, and listening to gospel music, right? But that doesn't mean I'm always aware of what the Holy Spirit is saying. And it's very easy, very, very easy to slip up and not understand what's happening, even in a moment when the Holy Spirit's trying to use you. And so tonight, we're going to break it down. We're going to talk about being aware, being aware of heaven in our life. So the first one is the definition of awareness. The definition is having the knowledge or perception of a situation or fact. To be aware is to have the knowledge or perception of a situation or fact. So you know for a fact that this is the truth. You have the knowledge, you know, you know for a fact that this is happening. I, last time I was here, I talked about listening good, right? Making sure you can hear the voice of the Holy Spirit so that we're not over here like, mm, I saw a yellow t-shirt, and I saw a yellow sign, and then I saw a yellow bumblebee, and so that means I should get a yellow Ferrari, right? The Holy Spirit's telling me that we need to know what the Father's voice is saying for fact, right? We can't be sitting here thinking like, oh, was that a God dream, or was that just a regular dream, or was that my idea, or was that God's idea? We have to know for fact, and so It's hard to do that sometimes because it's like, man, how do we know? How do we understand what's happening? How do we know if the Holy Spirit is talking to us? How can we be aware of his voice? How can we be aware in what he's saying? We have to have discernment, right? We have to read our Bible. We have to pray every single day. We have to make that quiet time. We have to remove distractions so that we can learn his voice. Because if we don't take the time to learn his voice, he might be screaming and we don't even hear it. Because we're too busy listening to our own voice. Or we're too busy listening to the YouTube person or the podcast person. Or your favorite preacher or teacher. And those people are great, but they aren't the Holy Spirit. Right? I might be up here giving an awesome word, but I am not the Holy Spirit. Understand? you got to know for yourself. You have to know. And you have to have discernment. It comes down to faith in the things unseen. So I love this amplified version. My mom actually shared this with me. In Hebrews Hebrews 11, it says, Faith is the assurance of things you have hoped for and the absolute conviction that there are realities that you have not seen. The absolute conviction that there are realities that you haven't seen. Let's take a second. Jesus, open the eyes of our heart wisdom and revelation open the eyes of our heart to focus on you make us aware of the realities that we haven't seen we have full conviction that what we see is not all that's happening that what we know is not above you what we think is not above you open our hearts to your reality, God, the reality of heaven. In Jesus' name, amen. That has to be our heart's posture every day. Less of us, more of you. Less of what I think, less of my ideas, less of what I come up with. Our solutions are so horrible. My solutions to problems are so horrible, right? Less of me, more of you. Open the eyes of our heart. We have to understand that we have a choice as Christians. And unfortunately, it's not a choice that we make the right one with all the time. I see it a lot. We have to choose who we're programmed by. We have to choose who we are programmed by. Are we programmed by heaven, what the word says, or are we programmed by the world? In what our culture says, and what society tells us, and what our family tells us, and what our past tells us. What are we programmed by? And it's sad because you see Christians walking around who are not programmed by heaven. And it's presenting this gospel to the world that mixes in a little bit of hell with, with heaven And says, oh, I love Jesus, but I also love these crystals that make me feel good. And I also love to read this horoscope. And I also love to listen to this secular podcast and let them tell me how I should treat people. And I also love to listen to this and never listen to the Holy Spirit. And we're presenting this gospel, this false gospel, that gets put on the same shelf as Santa Claus and the Easter Bunny and the crystals because it's inauthentic. And it's ineffective. We have to choose who we're programmed by. And it's hard. It's not easy to do. Every single day, the voice that you're hearing in the world is not this Bible. The voice that you're hearing in the world is telling you the lies of hell, and it is trying to indoctrinate you with them to the point where you speak them without even thinking. (laughs) One of the ones I've been dealing with just recently is saying, I'm sick. I'm sick. And I said it in our service last Thursday, and it's been funny because I was like, you can't walk around and be a Christian talking about you sick. And it was funny, this weekend I was like, had a fever and (laughs) my allergies were taking me out, but I had a bunch of the DSM guys around me and every single time somebody would be like, oh, how do you feel? And I'd be like, well, I'm, and they would look at me like, are you going to say it? (laughs) You better not say it. (laughs) And I'd be like, my mom, I think it was on Saturday. My mom's like, "How are you feeling?" And I'm like, I- "I'm." And then they, I looked over, and they're just looking at me like, was, "I'm not feeling that great right now." But I'm the healed of the Lord in Jesus' name, Amen. Right? <laughs> it's not easy to do, but that's what we have to live like. We have to take it seriously. You have to take it that seriously. You can't walk around talking about I'm sick, I'm sick, I'm depressed, I'm anxious. I'm insecure, and then you, you say it's mine, my anxiety, my depression, my insecurities, my therapy, my podcast, my YouTube channel that I have to listen to, I got to get my hour of this person in so I can feel better, my, 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 my lies from hell. And you put it on this pedestal above your life. You put it on this pedestal above your thoughts. You put it on a pedestal above your decisions. And you are being in complete control by the agenda of hell. My, 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 my. I am, I am, I am. I'm sick, I'm sick, I'm sick. We just celebrated Good Friday. Jesus, don't ever let me disgrace what you did on that cross. And what your blood has already paid for. Lord, change my vocabulary. Change my mind. Change the way I even think about how I'm feeling, God. Allow me in those moments of weakness to focus on you and say, I am the healed of the Lord. Your blood, blood is already paid. I don't have to do anything. It's already been paid for. All I have to do is focus on you. I am programmed by heaven in Jesus' name. That's our posture. It's hard. Because it's really sad to see a Christian that puts therapy over God. That puts the idea that, oh, somebody hurt my feelings, so I need to go talk to somebody. And I need to go put a bunch of labels of all these things that are wrong with me. That's what people, they want you to do. And I'm not saying th- bad things didn't happen to you. I'm not saying trauma's not real. I'm not saying God didn't give the doctors the minds to be able to help people that went through very real things. But what I am saying is that if you stay there and continue to put those titles on yourself and continue to look for ways that you're broken so that you can continue to live in a broken life with a broken spirit surrounding yourself with the lies of hell, that is the opposite of what this gospel is saying. And it is a disgrace to what he did on that cross. You can't do that. You're a Christian. You've been bought. We have to speak life. Speak life. You know, when you when you speak things into your life, when you speak things over your life, you're establishing a kingdom. You get a brick. I'm depressed. You're putting a brick, establishing the enemy's kingdom in your life. I'm sick. I'm sad. I'm insecure. I can't do this. I'm not enough. I can't be there. I'm not good enough to be a Christian. I've made too many mistakes. I can't break this addiction. You're building this wall around yourself. And when the Holy Spirit is trying to talk to you, you can't even be aware of he's trying to speak to you. He's screaming at you. I need you. I'm trying to use you. And you can't even move because you've been surrounded by this wall of lies, this kingdom you've built up in your life. And the opposite is true, too. And I'm not saying you can't break out of that because you can. And there is deliverance, and God will break you through it. But it takes time. Yeah. It takes time to do it, and it would be much easier to just start building the kingdom of heaven in your life. Amen? If you start with the good stuff, you don't got to worry about breaking out the bad stuff. If you don't establish lies in your life, you have truth. And when you build those things in your life, I am healed. I am more than an overcomer. If God be for me, who could be against me? I'm more than enough. I am happy. I am joyful. The joy of the Lord is my strength. I have peace that surpasses understanding. I have love. I have self-control. <laughs> when you establish those things, when the Lord says, hey, I need you, you hear him clearly. And you can move. There's no wall around you. There's a clear path. Understand? Amen? Because that's the truth of heaven. In Jeremiah twenty nine eleven, he says, I have a plan for you, a plan to prosper you, a plan for hope in a future. That's the truth. That's the foundation you have to stand upon and say, that's what I'm programmed by. Run it through that filter. If the world tries to tell you something, if the things that you're going through, your circumstances try to tell you something, run it through that filter. If it doesn't agree with it, believe the one that God said. If you're presented with a lie and a truth, believe the truth. Simple as that. And it can be hard because that lie can sound really, really true and really, really loud and really, really convincing. But as a Christian, in our heart, we have to say, no, 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 I've been programmed. And there's nothing that can shake what I've been taught. Amen? Awareness of the present is the next one awareness of the present. You know that <laughs> God has put you in this time and place for a reason. God has put you in this time and place for a reason. And each and every person that you interact with, especially the people that you interact with a lot, you're responsible for. You're responsible for the way you treat them. You're responsible for the way that you present heaven to them through your life. We talk about it a lot at DSM. You may be the only version of Christianity someone may experience. Think about that. Think about the weight of that. If your life isn't a true depiction, of God, if your life isn't a true representation, if you don't treat somebody like they're the most important person in the world, when you're speaking with them, that could deter them forever. That could break their faith in God forever. Or for a very long time, it could lead them to a path that they'll never be able to recover from. Just because you didn't decide to live the way. Just because you didn't give a clear representation of what Jesus was. It's a burden, but it's a burden that God's equipped you for. That's something my grandparents taught us is that the person in front of you is the most important person in the world. It doesn't matter how annoying they may be, it doesn't matter how mean they may be, it doesn't matter if they're your favorite person or your least favorite person, or somebody who smells bad or smells great, somebody who can give you a million dollars, or somebody who's asking you for a ride, they're the most important person in front of you, in the entire world. That's how we have to live, with an awareness of the present, an awareness of what God's trying to do, and the awareness of the people around you. You know, I used to walk around the grocery store with headphones on, and I remember it, it was like, I think it only happened like two times I did it. But the second time I did it, I was going through the grocery store line, and the lady cashing me out. I didn't even pay attention to her at all because I had my headphones and I'm listening to what I was trying to listen to. I was trying to not pretend that I was in Giant Eagle. I'm just like, let me just grab my stuff and, you know, do my thing. I didn't want to be aware of everybody around me. I didn't want to treat everybody like the most important person in the world. You don't want to do that sometimes, right? That's real. And I remember I got through the checkout line and as I grabbed my last bag to put it in the cart, God just rebuked me. He said, man, what are you doing? I said, you big dummy, take those earphones out and look up. And I took them out, and I looked up, and she was crying. It's just something so simple. And all I did was say thank you for helping me with the groceries today. I hope you have a better day. Super simple, not anything crazy. I don't know what happened to the lady. The lady didn't go on to become the senator of the world. I don't know any of that. It's not that deep of a story. But the point of it is, is that if we're not aware, if we're not able to even be aware of what's going on around us, the people that are going through things around us, then we're not being used by heaven. We're not bringing heaven into the moments that we need to. You know, I had had an extensive conversation (laughs) because I told you I did this message for DSM and our blind spot, my generation in below's big blind spot is our phones, right? I know y'all love to, talk trash about us with our phones because we sit there. And it's true. It's very, very true. And we got into it and we broke it down for DSM and we really, really got into it. And so when I got ready to preach this message last night, I was just asking God, I'm like, God, what's the generation me and above's blind spot right now? Where are they not aware of the people that they're influencing the most or the people that they're having the most influence over or able to be aware and bring heaven into their lives. And it's funny, because he gave me a dream last night, and I had no idea what he was giving me the dream for. We were sitting in class, me and my best friend Tim Vaughn, back when we were in junior year of high school, and we were learning about Greek mythology, which I used to love learning about Greek mythology, because it was, like, super fun. It's like the god of war, the god of lightning, like... It was just all make-believe for me. You know, it's not like real, but it was fun. It was like superhero stuff. So I used to love learning about that subject. And in my dream last night, it was like I was right back in that class. And my teacher was breaking it down and going over all the different things. And it was funny because I woke up and God just spoke to me. And he said, that's the blind spot. And so what are you saying was this. In Greek mythology, if you don't know, there's, like, gods, right? There's, like, the top-tier gods, like Zeus and, like, the ones we know from the movies. And then there's, like, the lower-tier gods, the little mini-gods, like Hercules and, like, some of the smaller ones. Percy, different people like that. Y'all know that one. Um, And what God spoke to me was that that's the blind spot, is that the generation, myself and up, is we've created these mini-gods in our lives. These mini-gods that we let control our decisions and that we are not aware that we're not bringing heaven into their lives. And those mini-gods are your kids. Your demigods. And you worship them. Give them everything they want. And you're like, what? I don't worship my kid. I make them do chores. Okay. You know how many times I hear parents, grandparents, aunties, uncles say, oh, I need to take little Susie to ballet recital, then to basketball, then to volleyball, then to cheer practice, then she's doing a play at the school, then she also has to go over there for the next seven days, and also on Sunday during church. That's why we weren't there. Oh, you don't worship them, right? (laughs) They don't control your life. They don't get every single thing. Oh, I have to go buy this tablet. I got to go fight and scream for this Nintendo Switch on Black Friday. Oh, that's not you, right? No, I'm playing. It's real, but it's real. And it's not saying that you aren't supposed to love your kids. It's not saying that you're not supposed to, you know, give them the things that they want. But what I am saying is that parents, you have to be aware. Family members, you have to be aware Even if you're an auntie, uncle, grandma, I don't care, grandpa, you have to be aware that if you're teaching the next generation to find joy and pleasure in the world, to be programmed by the world, to only find happiness in the world, you are allowing them to be a slave to their desires and they will be in bondage for life by it. And it's sad to see. It's sad to see the kids that aren't at DSM on Thursdays. The good families that don't make a a priority to get their kids there. Kids in my family that aren't there. Imagine that. It hurts. It's terrible. But why? But this conversation happens. You ready? I'm going to do some acting. Hey! You know, there's DSM coming up tonight. You know, on Thursday, you should get on the shuttle. It's really fun. It's tailored for you. They preach. They worship. They have really good music, good food. It'll change your life. You'll be so happy. Okay, now I'm going to be the kid. I'm not trying to go. I just, I didn't mean to sound like you, Landon. You're always at DSM. I'm just kidding. He's there every Thursday. (laughs) It's not him. This isn't you. No, I don't want to go. Those kids are weird. It's really boring. I don't like it. It's uncomfortable. They pray too much. I'm not trying to be there. It's really stupid. I'm not trying to go and pray and worship and do all that God stuff. I don't even like that stuff. It's not for me. Back to the barrier. That's okay. You're right. It's okay. You don't have to go. I don't want to make you mad. As a matter of fact, let me look up at our other church, our real church that we give all our money and time to, T3. Okay. Yep, they have a session right at 7, so that you can go learn more baseball, so it's okay if you don't go to DSM. Oh, did you say you wanted to go to your friend's house afterwards? Sure, no problem. I'm not going to look through your bag that you're taking with you and make sure you guys aren't taking any drugs or vapes or anything else. I trust you, go ahead. Oh, you want me to go grab you some Lululemon pants? Oh yeah, no problem. Let me make sure your phone bill has enough data on it so I can contact you. Did you need money? Sure. And when I'm on my way to pick you back up, I'll grab your anxiety and depression meds too. Wake up. Church, wake up. Grandparents, wake up. Uncles, aunties, parents, wake up. Because if that's where those kids are only finding their joy and happiness and peace... When you're out of the picture, that turns into a very serious drug problem. That turns into them spiraling down a lost path that will never know about Jesus. And their kids, you could forget about it. And you see it, and you see it younger and younger and younger, trickling into deeper and darker things. Before it was like, oh, maybe they just wilding out again. Now I have kids that identify as pansexual at 14. Some of y'all don't even know what the heck that means. You're like, pan, what? I thought a pan you cook in the oven? No. (laughs) That's real. You got to be aware. Wake up. Make it a priority. And it won't return void. It won't return void. That time will not return void. Abby, I didn't get to tell you yet, but I saw Abby Dewey. And she's there every Thursday, and her parents are aware. And they make sure their kids are there every single time, even when they have stuff going on. I saw her go sit with the girl. I saw you. You went and sit with her and prayed on Thursday. I saw you. And I talked to that girl on Sunday, and she told me, you know what? I came to that DSM service high and drunk. And she said, if I didn't get prayed for, that was going to be it saved her life because you're aware amen yeah because she's aware your kids know how to bring heaven into a room because they're aware of it because they're there because you made it a priority to get them there that's what happens the final piece is being aware of your calling just like Abby was when you are aware of your calling, you find peace. When you're aware of the calling of heaven in your life, you live a little bit differently. You're not worried about how you look all the time. You're not worried about how you sound. You're not worried about if you feel good doing this or if it feels awkward or if you feel scared. You know, I told, <laughs> I told a story at Young Adults the other night about one time my grandpa was like, all right, it's time for us to all go pray for people. And I was looking for, like, the most, like, palatable person to pray for. I was like, let me find somebody who's, like, really nice. Megan, Armando, y'all look nice. Let me come pray for you, right? <laughs> and my grandpa, like, as I walked towards somebody that looked really nice to pray, he, like, turned me. And, like, I was, like, facing towards, like, this huge, like, prison-looking dude. And I'm like, oh, no. I was, like, 14. <laughs> I'm like, Papa, please, no. No. <laughs> I don't want to pray for him he's going to stab me. <laughs> I don't want to die. And he's like go pray for him and I don't know if you know pastor Kedsen but when he tells you to do something you go do it. So <laughs> but when I did it was fine. Everything was good. The man was super kind, thankful, everything like that. But that's what's going to happen in your life. It's so when you've been called, you have to live with that awareness if it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how I look. It doesn't matter how I feel. It doesn't matter if this is uncomfortable. It doesn't matter if I don't feel qualified to stand up here and preach. The first year when I first started DSM, I was like, I'm never going to preach. <laughs> yeah, I've been preaching like twice a week for the last like month. Like what? Two months, three. Ah. It's crazy. But the, yeah, amen. Yeah, it's great. But this isn't like my thing. You know what I mean? This wasn't my thing where it was like, oh, that's what I want to go do. That's what I want to go be. But I'm aware that God has placed a calling. And that if I'm obedient, if I'm aware of it, and I live with that awareness, then he's gonna grace it. He'll grace every single step. He'll allow his words to be spoken through these messages. And it'll be touching the hearts of every person that it needs to touch. Not because of me. Because I'm aware of his calling. Amen? I love this verse, you know, the peace found in knowing. It's in Philippians 4 6. I'm just going to read it. It says, Be anxious for nothing. And a lot of you probably know this one, but it says, Be anxious for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. I love that. When you're aware of your calling, be anxious for nothing. You don't got to worry about a thing. If you're aware that God's called you to go do it, if he's spoken to you, you don't got to be anxious. What are you worried about? It says it right here, but it says, with prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, before he was getting ready to take that merciless beating for us, he said, God, please take this cup from me. He said, but if you don't, let your will be done. And even if you can't stop this from happening, I will do it, and I'm joyful in it, even though I'm in agony, even though I know the pain that's about to go down, even though I know how much my flesh is fighting against this, I'm literally bleeding as I'm sweating, I'll still do it. And it says in that verse, when he said that prayer, the angel came down to him and gave him peace. And it says it right here in Philippians. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. When you accept and you are aware of your calling, the peace of God that transcends all of our understanding of what we think and what we think we know and what we know we know. It'll guard your heart and it'll guard your mind. And it'll allow you to operate. I love the story of Stephen. Stephen was aware. Stephen was very aware. In Acts 7, you can read it another time, but in Acts 7, it tells the story of Stephen. And he was preaching the gospel, preaching about Jesus, preaching the truth. And all they hated that man. (laughs) They couldn't stand him. The The religious leaders could not stand Stephen. They hated him. When he was up there preaching, they were in the back heckling, talking crazy, yelling at him, trying to mess him up, trying to get him caught up. And he just kept on preaching, kept on doing his thing. He knew what he was there for. On one particular sermon, he knew that he was getting ready to die. He continued to preach. And as the religious leaders grabbed him and took him out into the street and kicked him out onto the ground, he looked up to heaven and he said, I see Jesus. And I see him sitting next to the father. As they began to grab the stones and throw them at him, huge boulders, getting ready to kill him, hitting him with them, bruising his body. He said, father, forgive him. Don't charge him with these sins. And it says in that moment when he said that, it doesn't say that Stephen got beat to death. It doesn't say he got stoned to death. It doesn't say that Stephen endured agonizing pain. It says that Stephen laid down and went to sleep. It says he laid down and went to sleep. That's the peace that surpasses understanding that happens when you are aware of your calling. When you are aware of why you are here, when you are aware of what you've been called to do, and you say, I see the Father, and that's how I'm going to live my life, like God is standing right there, he gives you peace. You go to sleep. When the reality of your situation, when the reality of the world, when the reality of life, like we talked about in Hebrews, we have full conviction that there are realities that we have not seen. And that the reality of heaven, even if it contradicts the one that's here on earth, I'm going to choose to align with that one. And that because of that happens, I will get peace out of it. And I'll be able to go to sleep. Even when life is throwing stones at me. Even when it seems like I can't get out. Even when it's imminent death. To the death. God, I'm aware of your voice. God, I am aware of the present and the people around me. In the calling you've placed upon me, I'm aware of it. As I get ready to close, I just wanna encourage each and every one of you to raise the awareness of heaven in your life. Right? Step one raise the awareness of his voice, read your word, pray, learn what he's saying to you, make space to even listen. Cut everything off. Cut the music off. Cut the podcast. Cut the YouTube off. Turn it off for a second and just listen. Ask him to speak. Align it with what your Bible says. The second one, be aware of the present. Be aware of the responsibility that you have to the people around you. Be aware of the responsibility you have over those kids to teach them where they can find their joy. To lead your family on how to find true peace and true happiness. Not in the things of this world. And finally, be aware of your calling. When you walk around with that awareness of your calling, it doesn't matter how silly you look. doesn't matter how silly you feel. God's going to use you. And you don't have to be anxious for anything. So as we close tonight, everybody could just stand to your feet. I just wanna take, take some time tonight to just ask God corporately together as we stand in this presence to just raise our awareness. Doesn't have to be anything elaborate. Doesn't have to be this super wordy prayer. Just close your eyes right now. And ask God to raise your awareness. God, make us more aware of your voice. your voice the loudest God. Make your voice the loudest in our hearts and the loudest in our minds. Allow everyone in this room to hear you well and to be able to listen good. God make us aware of the present God. Make us aware of the present, the people that you've placed the people you've made us responsible for, Jesus. There will be no other God before you. In Jesus' name, I declare there will be no other God before you and our family, before you and my family, God. Wake them up. In Jesus' name, wake up. Put a burden on their heart for their kids, God. Put a burden on their heart to lead their family in your ways. Right now, in Jesus' name. And Jesus, make us more aware of our calling. Don't let us shiver down in moments and and be quiet because we're afraid. Don't allow our reality to dictate our actions, God. Give us the conviction that there are realities we do not see and allow us to live by that. Less of us, more of you. Give us the view of heaven, God. Even if our circumstances are saying, this is going to kill you, God. We look to you and we know if we are obedient in our calling, you will give us peace that surpasses understanding. That you will guard our heart and our minds in Jesus Christ. Thank you for your presence, Lord, and I thank you for giving us your Holy Spirit. What a gift. Thank you for the sacrifice you made and that you paid for all of it already. That we walk in the abundance of what you already paid for. God, allow us to move like you and make us more aware each and every day. like feel free to come up to the altar if not thank you so much for being here tonight jesus loves you live right love everybody and pray hard get your kids to dsm tomorrow